0: All right, I am driving for work today, so I have about eight hours scheduled to be sitting in the car, which means I'm going to have plenty of time to talk and think about tabletop role-playing games and things that I am working on. So for at least this first recording, I'm going to talk about a big bad that I am currently trying to develop and and base a story around and i would love input this is a working session in a way where this isn't fully fleshed out this character isn't 100 percent fleshed out there could be things that i am missing but i i'm just going to give you guys what i have come up with where my inspirations have come from and some of the mechanics of how i would make this character come to life within the game system. And then also within the lower A of their backstory. So a lot of this is there's, there's a couple pieces of inspiration. One, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot recently, and I really am enjoying the concept of this like mind control, um, mind flayer type, uh, type scenario, nope. but I don't particularly want to just straight copy the, the start of Baldur's Gate 3 and have the same plot. I want something a little bit different. I don't necessarily want to have mind flayers in it from the beginning. So this is maybe gearing towards maybe a lower, lower difficulty or a lower tier type character. But I like the mind control, mind altering aspect of of that story the other piece of media that i'm looking at for inspiration here is actually a video game shadow of mordor one of the abilities in the shadow of mordor games as the main character is the ability to kind of uses like mind control magic to brand orcs to become your followers and they they fight for you and they become allies right and so part of that game is going through the ranks and branding higher and higher level orcs until you basically have the control of their entire army. A very interesting concept, very fun, fun to play with. Now that's as the main character, I want this to be as the as the bad guy. So what I have come up with is this basically a mind control slash illusionist mage type character so in my initial notes i'd have her being a like a dark elf a drow or something depending on your system i don't actually know which specific system i will be running this in yet so i'm a mix between like D and D fifth edition and index card rpg though i'm not particularly set on any specific system. I haven't, er, I haven't specifically put out specific mechanics as far as stats and whatever, some of some like general abilities and how they would work narratively, but not, not mechanically, I guess. So the storyline with this is, this one fit into a classic fantasy genre, Forgotten Realms, that sort of thing. And the idea is this, this character, this, this illusionist is trying to take over the realm or the local areas. Right. And she has practiced and come up with, she's really specialized in illusions and mind control. So she's going to have stronger mind control and illusionist abilities than like a typical spellcaster of maybe a similar power level, but she's not going to have access to fireball and all of these other like generic spells, right? Like players typically have a wide range as spellcasters. She is very specialized. And so her abilities are very good, but they're very focused and she doesn't have skills out outside of that, that range, right? So her a couple of her main we see so she can create very realistic and like mass illusions so she could make like a crowd of people appear in an area and she can disguise herself very easily and she can make like moving illusions with sounds and everything that look look and feel realistic right so this is going to give her a lot of defensive abilities not necessarily in terms of actually being able to defend herself but she is going to prefer to run away and use misdirection she can can generate very large very realistic moving sound generating illusions right so using these illusion abilities she is going to prefer to escape situations She's not necessarily a direct confrontation person. She's going to have to do a lot of, she's going to have to be present to do do a lot of the work that she's attempting to do, but she's not going to stick around and fight unless absolutely necessary, and her main goal is going to be escaping and misdirect, escape, and then tackle the problem again from a different angle. She's not the, like, head-on, I'm just going to blow you up, a character, which may be a little different than, than players uh, tend to be used to in terms of a big bad. Typically, they tend to be powerful and there tends to be big fights. So something a little bit different there. The, the second ability, this is kind of going to be one of her main actual damage dealers in terms of a battle, is going to basically be to take control of a player character and have them attack somebody else. Now, as far as mind control goes, and mechanics and stuff, and and from, from a, a meta game design standpoint, I don't want to do something that's going to take away uh, from the players. So I don't want to have them like fail a save and then they're under the uh, under this mage's control for three turns or whatever, and then it and then it's just controlled and they do stuff. They do whatever she wants you to do, right? attack your friends whatever cuz that just sounds like it would be super boring uh to like really lose control of your character so this ability prefer it will probably be some some form of uh, if you fail your save then she can basically command you to take an attack against somebody else using your stats and everything so like you roll the attack and whatever but you don't lose like an action you don't lose you're not going to, like, lose spell slots or resources. She can't, like, make you expend your resources in order to to attack. It's just, like, a simple... I control you for, like, just a brief second. It's, like, two or three seconds. You make this attack, and then, and then it's done, right? So it's essentially her making an attack, but she's just making me attack from you with your weapons and stuff instead of coming from her directly. And there's not, like, a lasting... not a lasting control aspect there and then the other concept is the those branded followers right so part of her mind control magic is that she can brand people to basically be under her mind control and this is like a a fairly permanent mind control it's not like she can only have so many at a time like she just is going around and trying to brand as many people as possible so that she has followers, right? And and I like the idea that they don't know that they've been branded, and it can be toggled on and off. So if she's not like, if she doesn't need them to be doing something, she can just like let them go about their their business, and, and they're none the wiser. And then when she needs something, she can tap into that connection, and then they like their maybe their eyes glow blue or something, and then they like start following orders, right? They just like become the like zombie type where they're, they just aren't themselves anymore until, until she's done controlling them. And then they just like go back to whatever they were doing. Right. That, that concept. So this too is another way that she can defend herself because now she has physical bodies that can perform attacks, can, can defend, can distract, can, can do the work essentially. Right. So those are the three main abilities that she has. and Her ultimate goal is to take over the local realm or whatever. As far as storyline goes, so for her growing in power, I'm looking at this like a front from Dungeon World or Powered by the Apocalypse, right? A front being like, here's the list of things that are going to happen unless the player tries to intervene with these with these these things so initially having not really started doing much she's going to start out by branding some small goblin tribes the weak-minded individuals or uh, weak-minded races potentially that she's able to trick into to talking to her to working with her and then she's gonna brand them and have them be under fur She's going to use these goblinoid tribes that are under her control for a couple of purposes. So, one is going to be manual labor, and just, if she needs things done, or if she's, maybe she's in the wilderness somewhere and she needs something built, or a cave, stuff moved around in the caves, or something, or dungeon, like, they're just going to be the manual labor workforce for her to get that stuff done. The Second way that she's going to do this is using it for distractions and gaining supplies. So if if she needs a bunch of resources or something, she can have the goblins go and attack a village and have them steal a bunch of stuff, bring it back to wherever it is that she needs it, and then go from there, right? So she can use them as raiders to steal stuff that she needs. And then distractions if somebody finds out that there's a mage going around that's like mind controlling large swaths of the population people are going to get suspicious but if there are all these like constant goblin attacks all over the place and they're getting more and more out of control and attacking larger and larger settlements then you're probably not going to be looking for a spellcaster you're going to be trying to deal with these stupid goblins that keep causing problems so the distractions are also to keep people off of her tail and, and just get people to, oh, there's a bigger thread. There's these things that are attacking us. We need to deal with that. that idea. The next step in her plan will be to start actually branding people in the local settlements. So she's probably going to start with... The poor and downtrodden, the people who, people who would be easy to get in contact with, people who would be easy to sway. So I think of like, she would go through maybe the poor districts and like the homeless and like talk to them and then through like giving them hope to follow me, you can, you know, there's, there's hope at the end of this, you won't be homeless, you'll be poor forever. Right. And getting into the graces uh, of those people, branding them. And then now you've got uh, at least a small section of the population within more of the like humanoid communities where she has, she now has influence. She has essentially informants, spies now that are just kind of wandering around. They can, they can do things. And starting there and then slowly working up into higher and higher ranks of the population, right? So start with the easy, the easy people to get under your control at the beginning and then slowly work your way up. Now, I also feel like, uh, and similar to Baldur's Gate, I'll try to avoid spoilers, but there's, um, there's a storyline in there about like this new god that is popped up or this, we like, don't really know what it is, I'm still early on in the story, honestly, but everybody, a lot of, a lot of people are talking about and like starting to worship this like new other deity thing. And I think that thread would also be interesting if her branded followers are talking about her like she is a, like she's a deity. She is the, what did I write down? I think I said like the twilight mistress or something, right? Like she brings hope to the people or something right and and just like it's like a cult following but also they talk about her in in like a good way right because especially if she starts with like the homeless and those people could don't have anything and she brings them hope and and people want to follow her and they start talking about her like she's this this goddess of of goodness right it's a very interesting idea especially when this is like the The main bad character and so part of that influence then would be also then used to attract people to 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 brand them so it might be hard to perform the like branding process on regular skeptical people until they've been sufficiently convinced of going to like meet with with this mage right and so the way i see that happening And I could see a session also being for the players would be, she set up these like recruitment centers out in the wilderness. Not, not very far away from like the local settlements, but just far enough that like the town guards and stuff aren't going to come wandering out there to to see what's going on. But essentially through these, the, the first wave of people that she's branded, having this conversation like, oh, there's out in the wilderness, there's this, there's this place and there's this, There's this woman who is like, she's the, she brings hope to us and we believe in her and she can bring great change to the world. And then part of the player's thing is they might be like, okay, we got to go figure out why this stuff keeps happening and going out. And it's this like, this like little cult setup. So everybody is super friendly. It's super calm, super chill environment. Everybody is, like, overly friendly. You can tell something is just, it's weird. Things are, it's too friendly. Uh, People are too nice. And part of it then becomes, as part of, like, the branding process, is the people that she's going to brand have to not necessarily willingly accept it, but they have to be in the right state of mind. And then she has to perform uh, this, like, branding thing. And in in the video game, the character, like, sticks their onto like the orc's face and it like handprint print into their face and and i see this as like the character has to do something similar and so she can't just like walk around and do it in, in public right so it's got to be this private thing so get the people out to this like recruitment center and then as part of it they have like a one you have a one-on-one meeting with the the priestess or the the mage or whatever right and then she like is supposedly going to, you know, help you and to ease your, ease your fears and your burdens or whatever. And then that's when she does like branding process. Right. So then everybody that goes in and comes out, they're just like it's part of the cult now. Right. And so these like recruitment centers would be trying to pull in more and more of the, the more common fold type people, not necessarily just like the poor and like the homeless and stuff. Right. So that's that, that initial. So then if that goes on for long enough without being interfered with, then she is going to start getting into more and more of the, like the political structure and the government and working her way up. Yeah, the political structure, essentially, until at a certain point, she's got like everybody under her control or mass, Mm -hmm. a vast majority of of the people who are under her control one other ability that i think would be neat would be to have her have the avail- the ability to like remotely connect to anybody that she's branded to either control directly and or speak and see through their senses like the some of the familiar abilities that you can get so that she could talk to people or talk through one of her branded followers to the players so she could talk directly to them without necessarily being there. So as this relationship develops and they know what's going on, if she if she's like sending them messages and stuff, she can take control of somebody for a second and, and try to deal with them. So couple of potential interactions that I could see with her is maybe they, maybe she acts as a fortune teller that goes around and is like performing like fortune telling readings and stuff and i thought about this as being an opening opening thing as well if they're at like a festival maybe she's wandering around doing like these mind reading things and then potentially branding people as she can during this process and so the players may have an interaction with her she has mind control slash mind reading and illusion (laughs) techniques so as far as like convincing somebody that you can read their mind or that you can tell their future is read their mind see what they're thinking right now and then make a make a prophecy or or vision based on that right it should be fairly fairly simple right oh i'm worried about my finances oh i see in your future that you have this great financial breakthrough right and there's hope very would be very easy to do if you could actually read somebody's mind another interaction is they could maybe see her when she's moving around these the poorer districts and she's doing a branding process. One a scene, I don't know that it would necessarily play out like this. But if if I had to go with like a a movie trailer type scenario where like here's a here's a scene, maybe it's a deleted scene, maybe it never shows up in a campaign, but I think it'd be interesting. Would be if they like find her in the city and she wants and then she has to like escape them, right? She's gonna use her illusion tricks to to get away. And I think it would be neat To see a play out where she's running away. She takes a turn down an alleyway and the players follow her and, and it's just a dead end, right? So she used an illusion to make another wall. It's a dead end. So she's still, she's still running through the city. There's an illusory wall there. And like immediately like one or two people in the area, just like come around the corner and are like... Hey, like, can I help you? Can I, you know, like, what can we, what are, you, what are you looking for? What can I help, help you with? Right. And then the players are like, okay, what, what the heck's going on here? And then like, I just feel like I could see them pulling out like a baseball bat or a shovel and then like trying to beat, beat up the adventurers. Right. Like they're probably not gonna, they're not gonna win. Right. These are just like random commoners yeah. who she has branded under her control that are serving as a distraction. Right. She threw up an illusory wall, she's escaping past the wall, and then she's just having a couple of the nearby followers step in for just a second to cause a physical distraction where they're gonna try and attack the party or something. Right. And if the players know that these people are under mind control, are they gonna are they gonna kill them? Or are they gonna be like, okay, hey, we gotta be non-lethal about this because I can't like, yes, they're fighting me, but they're not doing it on their own free will because they're evil. They're doing it because they're under the control of a spell, essentially. All right? What does that make us if we kill her followers when they're not doing it by themselves, right? There's a little bit of a moral dilemma here with all of it. Another scene that I think would be fun would be almost, I feel like she would want to, and, or tried to recruit the part. So that would probably start obviously with just convincing them that what she's doing is right, but then also attempting to brand them and, and bring them to her uh, like under her direct control. Right. But I think it would be interesting if, if there's a number of notable, notable interactions with NPCs, right? Cause she could disguise herself very easily with her magic. I think it would be interesting to write down. I'll have a list of NPCs of people that are important, and then take a list of like five or six of those at the end of like this confrontation and say, this is probably like part of the final, the final, final confrontation, the, the, the finale and have her be like, do you remember? Like, like I have led you to this moment. I have been trying to get you to understand, to come to my side, to be on my team don't you remember all of the times that I talked to you and that I led you to this moment? And then have it be like, I was the fortune teller at the festival and I was that homeless person in the slums and I was that town guard that told you X, Y, Z, right? And in the forest, I was... That ranger that led you to the recruitment camp, and just pick a bunch of of and that were maybe important a minor role in helping the players, but didn't have like a super, a super high or a super strong backstory where you could like easily disprove that it wasn't her, because you're not going to know who those characters are going to be until the very end of the campaign, right? Like you can't say, oh, this is for sure fur. Well, you could i think it would be more difficult i think it's easier in retrospect to say okay here were like five or six main characters that had an important piece but only temporarily and i know that the players can't like disprove that it wasn't her so i'm gonna say that i'm just gonna say that it was her those times even if it it, i didn't initially know that that was going to be her right if there's another character to the worst like oh they have too much backstory there's too much information here for it to really make sense that it would be her. I'm not going to plan that out ahead of time. I'm going to do it in retrospect, and I feel like I feel like I could pull that off. I don't know that that could this could fail miserably, but I think it would be a really cool and a really neat like tie-in story-wise for the character to be like remember all of these people. Yeah, that was me in disguise leading you to me. I just feel like that would connect a lot of. A lot of pieces. I don't know. I think it would be interesting that happened to me in a story. And I feel like as a player, I'd be like, what? No, no, you can't. That's, there's no way that, that, are you serious? So I feel like that could be a fun, like I said, this is like deleted scenes. This is the trailer. Who knows if the, the scene would ever actually be able to be pulled off in that capacity. Right. But, so that's one of the, that's one of the other scenes that I think would be interesting. And actually, the way I would probably start this campaign out is with a, a goblin attack. So you're in a town, there's a festival. They would, like, one of the first things that would happen is they, this fortune teller would come up and, like, offer to do a free reading. So they would, like, literally the first thing that they would do is interact with the big bad in some capacity, right? I think that would be fun. And they wouldn't know it right away. And then I would have her foretell things about what's going to happen. So. In the session that I've been working on, there's a couple of different places that are going to get hit. The blacksmith is going to get robbed and set on fire. The there's going to be like a battle at one of the farms, and or not at the farm at a, a warehouse because goblins are stealing supplies. The other one is the, the blacksmith; they're stealing an artifact from the blacksmith that he was using to make a, like magical like weapons and armor. And then the last one is going to be a bridge. The goblins are going to try and blow up a bridge to cripple the city and prevent them from essentially following them efficiently out of town, right? The main bridge in the town is is destroyed, hopefully, if they succeed. And then the goblins can escape with, I mean, basically nobody following them. Somebody might be able to track them, but the, the main force of the town isn't going to be able to cross the river and pursue the goblins at the same time. Right. So those are the three different encounters. And so with this fortune telling piece, she would come in and say, like, oh, even to the players know what they want, and say, Oh, like in your future, I see fire, fire and death, and a different character, maybe like hope for something, a new religion, things of that nature, and play up on things that are gonna happen in in the session. And then as they, as this, like they deal with this goblin attack, there's going to be a lot of little side quests, right? The players can go and attempt to track down the magical artifact that was stolen by the goblins and the missing supplies from the warehouse and maybe do something to help them like with the bridge and stuff, right? They're going to be able to slowly find information about like, Hey, there's this like group of goblins and they're, they're like squabbling with this other tribe of the goblins. And they realize that like something is weird that these goblins are like under the control of somebody else and that they're, this other tribe is accusing them of, of just like being super weird and not having the like normal, the right intentions from a goblin perspective of like what they should be doing and who, who they should be believing in and whatever. And slowly and slowly learning more and more about, Hey. These people are like under control. I also feel like the brand when they're branded, it's an invisible brand unless there's some sort of like a detect magic that gets cast. You wouldn't see anything on anybody unless, like I said, unless there's like detect magic. Then maybe you see like the handprint or something, and that could be an interesting thing as well, right? Like they somebody casts detect magic, and like half of the people in the room have a blue handprint on their face, and then it's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so how do you, now how do you deal with, there are spies everywhere, people don't know, you don't know who you can trust, and, yeah, just, you don't know who's on your team and who's not on your team. And, and you have all sorts of people who could attempt to interfere with the players, right? Like, let's say the players are trying to do something and they have to go past a couple of town guards, or well, the town guards can stall, and it's like... And then would be like, you just find out later on, that like, oh my gosh, these guys were, these guys were corrupted, right? Like who is corrupted? How do we, how do we know who, without like walking around casting Detect Magic, how do we know who we can trust? Government officials, city guards, merchants. Right. People can send you on wild use chases to, to get you out of the way. And that is the, that's a start that I have for. This for this big bad character for an initial an initial campaign is this person, is this mage growing in power, growing their influence by mind controlling the masses, working their way from the bottom up, taking over and eventually attempting to talk to the realm and not necessarily do it from the spotlight. They're operating friendly shadows. They're not directly confrontational to anybody. They try to escape and use their powers to pull the strings not necessarily to be at the forefront. So I'm curious if anybody has done big bads that use mind control and use illusions and what maybe pitfalls you've run into with it or what limitations you've seen in maybe situations where it didn't feel great for the players. Mind control or taking agency away from people is something I want to try to avoid as much as possible. Uh, while still making it fun and interesting. So if anybody has experience with that, please leave a comment and let me know. I'm curious to see what everybody's thoughts are. So with that, everybody have a wonderful day.